Hey, standout listeners. Welcome to Stand Out with Natalia Brzezinski. Today, I have very big plans for you. I want to do something a little special. I want to take you on a trip to the future. I've traveled there. I've actually lived there. And I want to bring you to the future too. We're entering a time where we're going to have to be constantly innovating ourselves, reinventing, re-educating, and our kids especially will have to breathe disruption, be open to all possibilities. The future will be one of constant entrepreneurship and constant collaboration. There is one place in the world that I have been to that has already reached this future of collaborative creativity first, and that is Stockholm. Sweden has germinated a highly collaborative future-oriented business model. But until now, no one has really answered the question, what's in the water in Stockholm? How can it be such a great unicorn factory and producing so many interesting things from Spotify to Skype to Klarna to music to tech to fashion? Today, I'm in New York City at the NASDAQ marketplace with the Swedish Minister of Innovation, Mikael Danbury, to discuss just this. In this interview with Minister Danbury, he will share with me where his deep passion for entrepreneurship comes from. What are the roadblocks actually and challenges in Stockholm to growing and scaling businesses? And there are many. Why aren't there more female founders? All countries have a hard time with women in tech, but Sweden is supposed to be the most equal country in the world. Where are the women founders? And what can we do more together as a collaborative community of government and business and media to create talent and opportunity for all? Stay tuned. This is going to be a really interesting interview with Minister Danbury. Okay, Mikael Danbury, Minister for Enterprise and Innovation, being here in New York, upgrading the general consulate here, opening up today, actually, but being at Nasdaq as well, the financial capital of the world, but also very direct link to many of the startups who wanted to expand their business, not only in the US, but also when they want to grow. So it's exciting to be here. And we see so many interesting and talented uh, Swedish companies uh, going abroad and uh, going to the international scene. And as minister for, for this, uh, this responsibility, it makes me proud. Why is this, and I mean, this is, I believe, your second trip already to New York in a short amount of time. Why do you think it's so important for you to get out, get out of Stockholm and talk about the innovation scene? Because I think it's part of my job to actually talk about the the success of Sweden right now, because sometimes we're a bit humble in Sweden. I think what's happening right now in Sweden is quite unique, and we have to talk about it because it attracts investments, it attracts talents, uh, and it creates jobs in Sweden, but also around the world. But also going abroad is part of my my business as well because I think Sweden has known for a long time that our future is not inside of Sweden. We're linked to the rest of the world and that's why where we can find the growing Swedish companies. That's when they expand and go on exports and find international partners. I mean, I think you're right. I believe the latest statistics from Atomico was that Sweden just this year, in the first nine months of 2015, got almost a billion dollars of investment. Yeah. It is being called the unicorn factory. It's a small country, you know, for 9 million, 10 million people. How do you explain this? What's going on? I think it's not one explanation. I think we have the heritage of the last 
the dot-com boom and it went the wrong way, but many of the people that were there then tried to, to do success are now the ones that actually pushing the success stories of Sweden. We have a talented young students in Sweden uh, and we have a, a kind of a climate and a, a way of organizing our society that uh, are based on equal opportunities and it attracts a lot of talent and also tears down pyramids so people actually dare to work with each other not listening to the bosses or or not being able to to actually make contacts with other groups that you don't know before so i think we have a collaborative spirit in sweden that is very unique and something that is very good but also we have good universities when it comes to entrepreneurship when it comes to engineering uh, abilities so i think a long history of engineers, big global companies combined now with the entrepreneurial spirit of the young generation and international contacts. That, that makes a, a kind of a perfect storm. Yeah, they say collaboration is the new competition. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of focus yeah. on the Nordic model and how we can create things with different different incentives. I yeah. mean, do you, you, do you think that this is why um, they're so successful? And are there downsides to the whole collaborative flat settings? I truly believe that this is one part of our success story and because the music industry of Sweden will n never have been what it is today without this kind of idea that every young kid should be able to play an instrument, to try instruments. Uh, if we wouldn't have our home computer scheme in the 90s where almost every family in Sweden got a home computer, we wouldn't, have been, we wouldn't be where we are today when it comes to digital companies. So this kind of equality idea that everyone should be on the train actually creates a good facility for innovation because it is when diff different uh, traditions or different knowledge or skills meet innovation comes to, to flourish and i think that's uh, we're, we're a relatively small country as well so we have to make the most of all our ta talents the backside of this is that we're not as braggy. Uh, we don't <laughs> talk that much about how good we are, perhaps. Uh, that's the humble side of this kind of collaborative spirit and equal idea of Sweden, that uh, you shouldn't look up to people, but you shouldn't look down on people. You should look people in the eyes. And th this kind of thing, I think, in the long run, is a very competitive environment for innovation. I, I, I was in China, in fact, and talked on a seminar and got the question if Europe, uh, if China would surpass uh, US and Europe when it comes to innovation. I said, no, I don't think so. They can create big companies, but what actually spurs innovation is people. And then you have to have access to internet. You have to have access of uh, the, the freedom of speech. Or uh, And I think this kind of uh, environment that we have in Sweden, but also in the Nordic country, creates a good environment for, for people to live. Uh, also when it comes to quality of life or environmental issues, I think those cities or countries that actually are good to live in will have a competitive advantage in the future. I think we should use this. Uh, there was some ideas on the seminar as well. Mm -hmm. I think it was interesting to actually push this even further. I think, I'm glad you bring this up because I, I there was a study coming out of Davos, I believe, that named Sweden the number three most innovative economy in the world. And what was really struck me about that is the U.S. was number eight and China was like 27, mm -hmm. which, you know, these are the two superpowers. Do you think we're heading into a time where, you know, the smaller, more nimble, more agile economies like Sweden will be more successful? 
I mean, this is a big statement, but, you know, there is something to, it's kind of like Sweden is the lean startup where, you know, we're the monopolies or the giants or the bureaucracies. I think the big economies or big countries still have an advantage because it's easier to scale up. Uh, it's much easier to do that in America or the Chinese are very good at mm. taking one company and then scale up an enormous uh, amount. And with the population growing in Asia, I think, I think we will see huge successes mm. there. But when you look at innovation, it's more about culture. Uh, and perhaps these big countries don't have one culture. I don't think you could have said that America has only one culture. It's very different from state to state. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I think Sweden or a smaller society like Sweden, we have a kind of common society value base that are very, I think, tapped into this kind of new uh, knowledge-based economy. So I, I think we have an advantage, but still, when we look at the figures, we see that other countries are doing their homework, they're running faster. Uh, so I don't think Sweden should say think that we have something that will succeed forever because we have to continue to be better. Uh, but I, I think uh, we have some competitive advantage we should make full of. And I'm quite um, optimistic for the future. And, and I think what, what you also mentioned earlier, the, the question on women and men and equality, is also a gender issue that I think on a global scale is huge. Mm. Uh, we that have been raised in Sweden and are kind of used to having a, a debate about women and men that should be equal and everyone should be treated the same way, have the same opportunity. This is definitely not the case in most parts mm. of the world. Where will young women that are brilliant wants to live in the future? Where would they like to raise their family and, and be able to combine that with a career and a, their own business life? I think Sweden has a brilliant position here, so we should make the best of it as well. Not that I'm brilliant, but I want to live in Sweden too. <laughs> because it's a fantastic country for those reasons. But one thing, you know, and, and I had this metamorphosis I'm, as we speak about gender, I think women, Sweden has a lot of women working in the workforce, but um, I was once told by a really well-known CEO in Sweden, those women are not leading yet. You know, there's no founders that are women. If you look at and this does not take away from the big companies, but whether it's Axel and Johnson or Chinovic, a lot of those women did not found those companies, even though they're fantastic CEOs. Why is that? You know, what can we do more? What are you focusing on that at all? I think that's a, a good observation because you, we haven't had uh, the equality between men and women uh, in Sweden just happening. It has been reforms. It's been kind of a political clash. Uh, over the years to actually push uh, change and the, the companies have to push to change because the m most uh, front runners in Swedish companies want to push uh, women and men's equal opportunity. They've done changes, they measure, they look at their organization, they say they have a goal to change their old ways of doing things. You have to have that if you want to change a society or a, a company. So I think uh, this uh, awareness is growing among modern Swedish companies uh, and now we're talking about a lot about the tech sector. This is not an avant-garde for <laughs> women, in, not in Sweden either. No. So, so I think we should also be humble in Sweden. We haven't changed the logic of 
women not having the same possibilities as men, but we're trying and we're pushing and we're not just saying it will be what will, what will be because we've seen that we have an idea of what, what a society should look like. And that's why we're pushing for parental leave now, mm -hmm. saying that uh, men should also take more responsibility when the children are small. And that's a huge reform that is very relevant to the labor market because when we know from research when fathers mm -hmm. stay home with their children when they're small they take a lot of more responsibility for for their kids growing up afterwards and then the the the, the mothers also have a better chance on the labor market mm -hmm. to, to actually make their career so i think this is a very unique reform we're now pushing for sweden to take this even a step further you speak to a lot of entrepreneurs and you're obviously in the cradle of, of knowledge when it comes to the business community. We talked a lot about the good things, but what, what do you want to change? What do you think you can do better to further incentivize both to create entrepreneurs, but also to not have the Spotify's and the Klarna's leave? I think it's several things. When you talk about the, the business, this kind of startup scene in Sweden, they raise basically the same question. They raise the question of Raising the capital has been easier now because it's such a buzz around Sweden. So actually capital is coming to Sweden in a larger sense today, but it, it's usually a, a big obstacle when you really want to grow. Uh, the other thing is uh, access to talent, to actually attract talent in Sweden, but also from other countries is very vital. And the startup is also competing with the big companies. So how do you actually attract and make talented people want to stay in a startup? instead of going to the Spotify or the Ericsson or the big companies. Okay, that's a big, big issue. That's why the stock option program is a, a very relevant question that oh, comes around in all discuss, uh, discussions. But, yeah. then, but then, then I, from political side of view, I, I usually want to push them, push small and medium-sized companies to actually talk about internationalization and export uh, earlier because this is key for actually finding a growing company to actually wanting, wanting, daring, and really be able to uh, expand outside of Sweden. It's key, I think. Do you think the stock option issue will change? Is it really that make or break? It is an important question for, for the startup scene, and we have an inquiry now uh, putting forward a proposal in March. So before the, the inquiry is done, they have produced three different uh, ways of solving the problem. So I think this is easy to say. It's not as easy to deliver what is actually the change that has to, to, to come. But I, I hope that the inquiry will put a good proposal on the table that we can discuss uh, and people could have uh, their views on it. But if we don't make it this time, then we will lose time. So if this is a bad proposal, we will have a couple of years again with inquiries and so, so then we will lose time. So I hope the, the, the inquiry will put a good uh, proposal on the table. What have you learned during this job? Anything that has surprised you? Oh, uh, I learned that there's talented people all around Sweden and uh, sometimes they don't get enough attention uh, but some of them do actually when I now Orbital System is a great company that everyone talks about uh, invented this kind of NASA shower saving 90% of the water 80% of the energy and everyone is saying, oh, this must be a good solution for the world when it comes to water uh, and saving energy in the world. So, of course, it's a big hype around the company. Now starting producing outside Malmö, 
But actually, when, when the company is looking f- to scale up the production, it's hard to find people who want to invest in a modern factory. Why? If it's a good idea, everyone's saying this is a must for the world, how come, the, how come it's, it's not as natural to invest in actually production scenes in Sweden? I think this is a, a thing we have to discuss because we, we cannot only have apps uh, and, and digital um, codes. We also have to think about how do you make manufacturing, smart manufacturing in Sweden? How do you link the, the, the service sector and the design to product development, R&D, testbed in Sweden. I think these are relevant issues. So that's why I launched actually a strategy just the other week called Smart Industry to actually understand what is the fourth industrial revolution. What will it, what effect will it have on, on traditional industry, but also what possibilities does Sweden have in this change? And I think Sweden has a huge opportunity here. You've done a great job showing that it's not just Stockholm, but Malmo, Umeå, you know, Gothenburg. Yeah. These yeah. are so many hubs. Yeah. Last question, just for a you know, a interesting. If the investors are out there listening, top five coolest companies that you've encountered that you may not know that haven't exploded yet. Give us a bit of a, a trend setting. No, I, I, I usually don't want to because because as a minister, I don't think I'm the one that could pinpoint the winners really because politicians are good at things some things uh, mm-hmm. organize a system it goes a bit slow uh, but we, we when we focus on important things we can make changes in sweden so uh, i don't want to pick winners i want to create a climate and a debate about this that is is making this sector grow uh, and and uh, especially look at, at the international aspects of it how do we grow outside of sweden find partners and uh, in, attract more investments and talent to Sweden. I think that's my my most important job. You're doing a great job. Thank Thank you. you very much. This podcast is produced by ACAST with Sandra Moline as supervising producer and Carl Rosander as executive producer. 